0: We spend far too much time worried about what makes us different than the next person, or better than the next person, and not enough time thinking about why we should respect the next person. We all have a story, an overarching theme that runs through our lives and makes us who we are. The problem is, we think that since each of our stories is different, there's not a lot of perceived value or shared struggle. But we have far more in common than we can imagine, and what motivates one person can certainly help us as well. Third Lab Podcast is about understanding, respecting, and appreciating the struggle that it takes to overcome immeasurable odds in order to reach your destiny. Join me as I interview and bond with some of the most inspiring and incredible people, diving into their why to get a full understanding of their being. Without each other, we have nothing. So let's go on this adventure together and take on the future with open minds and open hearts. Welcome to the Third Lab Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. This is episode four of the Third Lap Podcast. As always, I'm excited. And, you know, I started off by saying how excited I am to connect with the person that I'm speaking to. Today's a little bit different for me because previously I connected with folks that either I had coached or, you know, had given advice to. Uh, This time it's it's really flipped around for me. Um, I get a chance to talk with Gail Saunders today, who really has been like a mentor and a leader for me over the past several years as you know, I work my way through just the media aspect of trying to cover the Eagles and producing better content. Gail has just been an amazing resource for me and just a person that is a never ending sort of source of uh, wealth of information and has recognized so much talent through his brand and through the work that he's doing covering the Eagles. And so, Gail man, what's going on my brother? How's everything?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, first and foremost, man, you know, it's an honor, man. Like, you, you know, uh, sometimes uh, you don't I don't know. It, you've always been a uh, a good friend and it's just uh, it's been very easy to, like, chop it up and talk and, and just find people that are on the same wavelength as you. So it's really great to uh, have those conversations with people that, you know, inspire you. You talk about, you know, bro, you've been an inspiration to me. Like, you know, I, when I first found your work online, you inspired me. And I was like, you know what? Let me reach out to this dude. And that's kind of, you know, segueing into how we first met.
0: Yeah. So, Gail, I would love for you to give like a 30 to 60 second sort of elevator pitch. Who are you? Uh, if, just to give people an idea or background of who you are. But I, I would love for you to define yourself.
1: Wow, that's a load of questions. I mean, I've always seen myself as multi-layered. I I, I do a lot of things. I I've worked in worked in entertainment for about 20 years. I've uh, been trying to do this media thing ever since I was 16 years old. I, probably 15. I saw "Do the Right Thing." Do the Right Thing actually changed my life. Spike Lee and his like vision and him him being you know a brother that I looked up to and really just like you know you see someone else doing media and he was just that inspiration I'm like wow you could he's you know maybe I could do this in some odd way or whatever um come to find out I ended up uh long story short I ended up meeting him um on my first year at my at my job I, work, I currently work at um Nickelodeon and MTV MTV and, and uh BET so it's like my my journey is all over the place. I've I've done a lot of cool things. You know, I've directed uh, commercials, produced, directed shorts. Uh, I've acted. I've you know been behind the camera. I've worked in reality television. I've got to see the behind the, the scenes. I've helped develop TV shows and just been an amazing journey. But uh, I've always tested myself, cre- creativity wise, trying to do different things. I, I can't just do one thing. I just like to do everything. I wrote for NBC Sports. I left NBC Sports to start my own thing called Fourth and John with uh, one of my uh, my partners, Eric Emanuel. And uh, Fourth and John was a thing where we wanted to create and bring a different light on the Philadelphia Eagles from a fun, energetic, bringing the people closer to the, the game. So that's how Fourth and John started. So I've been just, you know... At the end of the day, I've been a creative person, and uh, whether it's painting sneakers, um, doing art shows, I'm into pretty much everything. It could be a gift and a curse, though. Right.
0: I mean, you are, and you listed quite a few things that we're going to touch on today. Of course, Forth and Joan, of course, sort of the, like, origination of your career, the dope sneakers that you've been creating. And I love just seeing the time-lapse process of you painting those. That's been incredible. Um, And, you know, why I continue to look up to you is because you are a person that does so many things. So the last episode, I got a chance to connect with my boy Hattress and we talked about that whole concept of being a a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And how like that whole philosophy has now switched because you have to be able to do so many different things. Right. Like that's what a renaissance person is, is a person that is able to do and touch on so many different things simultaneously and not get pigeonholed into one sort of opportunity or label. We'll talk now about how we met. So Gail actually found me. I was creating like draft breakdown segments for the Philadelphia Eagles through Bleeding Green Nation. I was actually posting them through their like fan submission area um, and have been doing it for about a year or so. And then one day I just get a random email like message uh, from somebody that's like, hey, you know, I saw your work. I really like it. Um, if, you, if you're if you interested in doing more, like, let's talk. So I jumped on the opportunity. You know, I had been hoping to get picked up by Bleeding Green Nation at that point. That was sort of like the, the motivation. That was really the only place that I knew, actually. It was before I, I even became aware of 4th and John. Um, and so, you know, we had that first initial conversation and we bonded at that point. Like, you, you were so real when you were so honest and straightforward about who you were, what the opportunity was, what you saw in me. And I appreciated that so much that I've continued with it. And I was about three years ago, a little over three years ago, maybe a little bit longer, closer to four. Um, and so talk to me about that, because I'm not the only person that you've attracted to the fourth and general brand. So, you know, how do you go about that sort of introduction to people? Like, how are you able to, like, scour so many different places to find so many different types of writers and people to bring to your team? Um,
1: I, I think... Part of, you know, just being everyday life is just being self-aware uh, of your surroundings, uh, being aware of uh, things in your community. And obviously, it's the Eagles community and social media. Uh, but just being, you know, like to be authentic and be real with the audience that you're trying to, you know, your brand is, it's it's in the Eagles community. So you you first, you have to be part of the community. And I think secondly... You have to be authentic because in this day yep. and age, you see people and some, you, not everyone's there at face value. There's a, ulterior motives. But at the end of the day, when someone can tell somebody's coming from a place of like realness and a place of like, you know, just like some people, I'll, I'll talk to people like, oh, man, I can't believe you're, you're even me- messaging me. Or like they, they have this belief persona that if you're doing something up here that you can't like just be a part of the community. I'm a fan of, like, so many other people's stuff. I, I'm a fan of, like, people who are put out great content, that, and they're themselves, and they're, and they're authentic, and, and they're real. When I'm scouring the internet and kind of, like, uh, you know, embracing all the content, you know, if I see something really great, I'll let people know, man. Like, yo, this is really good. Like, you, or you, where else can I read your stuff? Or, like, and it's and it's real, because cause at the end of the day, like, I listen to other podcast i read other people's um, articles and stuff I, i'm always trying to learn i'm always trying to be a student that's never ever changing um being a student in the game whatever you're, you're doing is i think is the most important like once you stop not wanting t- to learn i think that's where you start losing i'm sure you understand being a minority in this, this game there's different hoops that you might have to jump uh some people you know prejudge you on certain things and you're like but at the end of the day i'm gonna be me i'm gonna work hard uh do what i gotta do to make it so i you know i i saw your stuff and i'm like yo man this this guy has what it takes and he, i'm telling you if you guys haven't seen any of mal's writing his breakdowns his uh the way he writes tells stories um very descriptive he just got it so uh, that was the one thing um about your work that stood out Yeah, I appreciate that.
0: And, you know, about the, like, hurdles, I think that has applied both professionally with just work, period, right? You know, learning to be my authentic self and learning to have people accept me for who and what I am. You know, I never because I can't be disingenuous. I can't not be authentic. And so, you know, I've had to learn how to sort of cater that to the professional world. But nonetheless, like, I am who I am. Um, And, you know, it was great because the fourth and John brand is like you said, like it's popping, like it's fun, like it is meant to be fun. And so when I came to the team and when I initially joined you, when I first met E-Rock, you know, it became easy because I saw a bunch of people that were really just being themselves. You know, again, I always thank you for reaching out. I always thank you for just being that sort of bridge between where I was to where I was trying to go. And what you mentioned about, like, being a fan of other people's work, you've pointed me in the direction of so many other people, you know, D-Gunn especially, that have been doing this and continue to do this. And, you know, Derek Gunn was somebody that you told me, like, I could be like if I wanted to go down that path. Um, And so, you know, I, I just appreciate you, man. And, you know, I will always be appreciative and, I continue to send strong writers and you're actually just talked to a young brother today that mentioned on Twitter, he was looking for an opportunity. Um, and I DM him and was like, listen, if you're looking for a great place to continue to like hone your skills and get better forth and general, like reach out to Gail. um, because I feel like you have a place and you've created an opportunity for really strong people to go and just get better. And like with your coaching and with your guidance, like really, there is no limit. Um, and so you know, again, I can thank you a thousand times, but I, we have other stuff to get to. So we'll, we'll always talk about it. You know how I feel about you. you like a big brother to me, man. So I appreciate yeah, you.
1: Much love, man. It's, a, it's always uh, reciprocal.
0: You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so, Gail, where are you from, bro? Like, this is the section here where you get a chance to wrap your hood. So so where are you from, man? What was it like growing up? Where you from? I'm
1: from uh, New London, Connecticut. Uh, my father grew up in philly he got a job uh, he w- used to work at the shipyards in philly and there was nice. opportunity to work at uh general dynamics in uh groton connecticut so my dad was helped build submarines for his his whole career um and he would like test they would go out build the submarines and uh, test the submarines and whatever so you know like he moved up to connecticut and then he ended up bumping into. Uh, my mom, uh, who my mom's from uh, the Philippines. So they met over a dead body. <laughs> it was our first day at the hospital and she had to she had to move a dead body into the morgue. And my dad at night had a job. He had his own cleaning service that he would clean buff floors. So he had like, you know, multiple jobs and the, that's how they met. That's where I grew up, man, New London, Connecticut. Um, that's where I'm from. It's like a small, it's like little city type, type town yeah, that's that's where Jordan Reed went to high school, went to New London High School. A J. Dillon, is from New London, Connecticut. And it was going hard for him during the draft
0: season. So now I understand why it was A J. Dillon season, man, for the for the draft. <laughs> um, which is funny. Where else have you lived? You you grew up in, in CT like that. You always speak very highly of of Connecticut. Um, where else have you lived? What other what
1: other places have you sort of like left your mark on? After I graduated. I moved to Jersey City, New Jersey. My my family moved from Connecticut after I went to, off to college. They moved that back to Delaware, Wilmington, Delaware. So I've been in between like Wilmington, Delaware and Jersey City. And uh, one, one thing that I could talk about is having visions when things aren't going your way, to envision yourself in a place to, where you want to work, envision yourself for the job that you want, envision yourself around the people that potentially will inspire you so like, I don't know if it's a sports thing. I had a, a football coach talk about, you know, seeing what your dreams are, seeing them before they happen, like seeing the the play that happens before it happens. So, you know, creative visualization is a big part of everything that I do. And, uh, you know, I saw myself working at MTV Networks. My friends in high school, they'd ask me, where are you going to work? I'm like, oh, I'm going to be at MTV Networks. They're like, do you know anyone there? No. How are you going to get there? I don't know. I'm gonna get there. In college, same thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get there. My brother gave me this creative visualization book for Christmas, and he says, uh, read this. And then nine months later, I'm at the job that I've always wanted to be at. I don't know how it happened. You know, it was a girl that he had dated, and then uh, she said, oh, we're we're hiring people. Since I know you, I can get you a job without interviewing. So that's how it happened. But uh, New York City, I've been in between New York City and I work in Times Square. The hustle and bustle of the city, I felt like I always needed to get away from the city. So I lived on the outskirts of Jersey City, you know, West New York, uh, Weehawken, New Jersey. But yeah, New York City, it's a a great city, but it'll eat people up and spit them out.
0: You're listening to the Third Lap Podcast with Mal Davis. Yeah.
1: Without a question.
0: Uh, And so actually the, the three episodes before you two folks from uptown between bronx and harlem my mom's from queens and so uh we we got a lot of the new york city experience shout outs to jersey though you know we got our first jersey head in the building man so shout outs to jersey there'll be other jersey folks to come but you know a lot of love for jersey i spent roughly about half my life living in jersey met my wife met my best friend in jersey there you go um how you feel about uh Connecticut is how I feel about Jersey is it's kind of mixed it's a mixed bag it's some good things it's some not so great things in there but that's what happens when you stay somewhere too you know long enough um but yeah man and what you said about projecting yourself so that's something my dad and mom also talked to me about my dad from a sports standpoint would always say before you play a game envision how the game's gonna go especially with basketball making free throws making jump shots grabbing rebounds playing defense like see the whole game before you play it um, and then my mom was really around just being positive because it took me so long to graduate from high school and kind of get started with college. It was always like, project yourself where you want to go and stop getting lost in the everyday. And that's so important because we just don't know. But when you stay sort of locked into something and you really put your your spiritual energy into it, it's funny how you attract yourself to those things. Also, like you said, to those people that will help you get there. You, you're talking about that starting uh, where you are and being there for 20 years. Talk us through like the beginning of your career, sort of like what got you to even realize that being in the entertainment field or industry was where you wanted to be. Talk to us about the beginning of your
1: career again. It was kind of like, you know, like I I always had this creative side and I I knew like working on productions, like being a PA and like, you know, can I live on that kind of salary, you know, like, Straight out of college, I needed a nine to five, you know, and it was like the best of both worlds, you know. I want how I was like, you know, I could I could produce content on the side, I could do you know do my little um, sketch comedy, I could do whatever it is, but I could still have a nine to five and I'd still be in entertainment. I always wanted to have my own show. Uh, I pitched multiple projects to you know, some of the biggest production companies in Hollywood. I work in business and legal affairs and I've been in business and legal affairs for the last 20 years. So me learning the ins and outs of contracts and, you know, I, I currently write contracts working with production companies for shoots and stuff. Uh, my boss, she's in charge of, all you know, animation for Nickelodeon. So I see you know all the creative deals and how how productions are set up and how the creative um is set up. I used to shoot pitch meetings. I've been in pitch meetings where I'm pitching a project to Cisco, and he's like, "I need a show idea." And you're like, "They don't want you to say anything about the thong song." So you have to, like these, are the weirdest situations that I've experiences I've had, like where you learn on the fly and you're able to adapt. But I I, I tried so many different things. I think. If I'm gonna give advice to say a younger person is, try as many things as you can and and as early as possible. At first, I wanted to be a cameraman, so I got on a set and I'm filming and I'm like, you know what? Who's the guy in the chair over there? Like, I I want to be that guy. I want to be the director or the producer, who's you know pushing the content and creating the ideas. And, you're, and I'm looking at contracts I'm like, wow, these are the guys that really make the moves. So I started producing and I started uh, directing my own shorts and stuff, pitching projects to uh, film festivals and, you know, gathering actors and just doing projects and say, hey, do you want to make content? Let's make content. So while doing all these other creative things or whether, I'm you know, acting in like shorts and stuff. I still have the nine to five job that keeps the bills paid and the the lights on. So I've always had this dual uh, type of career um, for a long time.
0: Um, Like what were some of the places that you worked even while at MTV or at Viacom? Like, you know, as you continue to develop like that side hustle that's now become like a legitimate, you know, hustle for you. Like what were some of the places that helped you get a
1: start and like how did you end up there in the first place? I worked for with NFL films on a project where one of my buddies was just like, look, I, I know you're used to play football. I know, you know, a lot of football players We're looking, we need it. We need a, a scout coordinator to find uh football players for our, our documentary. It was like on the, like physics of football. And uh, so, uh, you know, I'm out here like looking at my old teammates and calling people, like, yeah, we need some football players. Uh, and then I'm on a, I'm on a set. I'm like, how did I get here? The biggest thing about relationships is like, that you make in in building a network, which is most important as well, not just for like work purposes, but for, you know, having a a network of people that you can trust as friends, they have your best intentions um, and they, they want to look out for you. And if, if they know you, they're going to put you in a place to succeed. I think I met a lot of people who put me in situations where like, I wouldn't have been there if I didn't have the network and friends that I had built throughout the, the years being in the entertainment industry. You know, look, I've had so many friends that have done so many great things that they've inspired me to, you know, do other things. You know, I had a friend who pitched a reality show. Next thing you know, we're helping her develop the show. Next thing you know, we're on the set and I'm auditioning kids and I have no experience in auditioning kids to be on a TV show, but here I am on a TV show actually being a talent and being a cameraman so it's like these situations will arise but it, it at the end of the day it's 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 always good to have a like a vision you know um and keep yourself open to new ideas we uh, we produced a uh, a commercial for mtv like my friend reached out like look i want to start producing commercials uh and we linked up and i was like i have friends here that maybe we could make it happen next thing you know shooting a commercial, and then we don't have any actors for the commercial, I become the actor for the commercial. So it's like I had animator friends at Nickelodeon, so I hit right. my friends at Nickelodeon, and it's like, yo, we got this project. You know, you bring all your friends together and start creating. Next thing you know, I'm lying in front of the New York Giants uh, ad ad group, their marketing group. I'm lying because I'm telling them I'm a Die Art Eagles fan. I'm telling them I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> And I'm pitching this project and it's like the dream come true and uh, to see the trophies. And, and I'm like, you can do what you got to do to put yourself in situations. I'm just trying to help get this project too bad. The giants sucked it up and they didn't make the playoffs and, We never got the animation project. You
0: sound like you just continue to take advantage of opportunities as they presented themselves to you. And that's clutch. I would have done the exact same thing. I would tell the Washington football team, I love the Washington football team if it means that I get a chance to either connect myself or connect somebody within my network to an opportunity that they're seeking out. Um, And on top of that, you also talked about having that network um, and, you know, being an authentic person, I'm sure has worked out really well for you in regards to developing those relationships and developing those networking opportunities, because you have so many people like, you know, Gail is on, on Twitter, especially um, is Mr. A Thousand Memes. Like, it's just funny to see all of the memes and and the traffic it generates, When I'm looking at like hundreds of likes and shares and, and like re retweets. And I'm just like, wow, you know, it, from a meme. Um, but your memes are always on point, and the content that you create is always on point. And so, you know, let's talk now about Fourth and John, uh, because you know there's been a heck of a journey for that brand. You know, you talked about being in business and legal affairs at at Viacom and MTV, and just how that helped shape your career. But what was it like starting Fourth and John, um, and looking at the market here in Philadelphia? and realizing that like there is this void and and there is this opportunity that's present and why did you and emmanuel decide to step into that space
1: you know i was blogging myself i had started my own website and, and it was called skinny post with a high school friend and we were out there grinding and um six years of that led into landing a job with nbc's World, where i was a draft analyst and i was doing that for you know two years and it got to a point where you know, it kind of got stale. Like I, I knew I had more in me. I knew that media was shifting. I knew that podcasts and video content and digital was on its way. And you know, I, I wasn't given the opportunity really to like grow the way I wanted to. And, I, and being a machine and just writing breaking news and stuff like that. At the end of, the, I mean, it got it got a little bit uh, monotonous for me. I didn't wouldn't have got that opportunity if I didn't work and someone else saw my my content. That's how NBC Sports had found me just grinding uh, and having that opportunity was was amazing because that was that was also one of my dream jobs working for uh being a draft fan that was one of my dream jobs so I left there to start something with uh Eric to do something different and to to do something that no one else was doing and being like a, i'm a I'm a super fan but that when they say super fans that it really is I've always been an eagles fan and it's i've always been passionate about it and I think you can turn your passion into a project or a job or whatever, but it's not, it's not work to me. It's never been work to me. Fourth and John has predominantly been a a volunteer business for all of us. I've always wanted it to be a, uh, a place where it was inclusive. You know, I've been in other situations where it's not inclusive or I felt I was all out on the, on the outside looking in. I've always wanted to be open with the people that I work with or trying to create content or trying to like give other people opportunities that I never had, you know, Looking at a people like, dude, you you know you're great. Like, let's do good stuff together. Let's make content together. But also, like, you know, building a community has been the most rewarding thing when it comes to Fourth and John. Uh, meeting great Eagle fans, being able to like raise money for charity, um, get back to the community, um, touch people in other other ways that you know, like you're an Eagle fan, but you could still give back. I think the big Inspiration for me has always been the way my mother has been giving. Uh, you know, she had passed away from uh, cancer. And once she had passed away, I was like, how can I honor my mom? Because she was that kind of person who was giving and always a helping hand in the community. Uh, Sunday school teacher, um, just a mom to so many of my friends who didn't have family. But just reaching out, she, she was authentic. And that, that just having our brand i've always wanted to be authentic real um and just building a community is great man like i'm telling you like when you can just kick it with eagle fans and just talk about it all day and like i'm the kind of guy that I'm, if you keep talking to me about eagles i'll, I'll go all day we, we could do this all day because that's who i am fourth and john is create opportunities for other people which has been also rewarding. People have moved on and got jobs elsewhere, um, but that that to me is more rewarding than anything. Cause I mean, like people will say they want to help people, but not everyone wants to help people. Having that those relationships with uh, like the like the one we have and you know other guys that we 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 work with, it's great, man. I mean, you know, I feel like people tend to forget that you know giving back and uh, each one teach one is a thing man like like i'm learning from younger people i'm and i'm i'm learning from older people but i'm trying to like always be a student and and grow and actually grow with other people
0: you're listening to the third lap podcast with mal davis yeah and what you said about just the mentoring and like helping people go to other places is so important because like you could just recruit people recurrently and not help them grow and prosper in their career But like you've given me specifically such sage advice and you know, I've talked to Jimmy who will be on the show later uh, quite a few times about just the influence and you're actually the reason I I even connected with Jimmy in the first place because you vowed so hard for him, Um, Hollywood Hearn and and a lot of the other writers and folks through 4th & John that I've connected with over the past few years. Like you're the reason that ultimately we ended up connecting because not only did you bring me to the brand, but then through our conversations and like you said, talking about the birds, we talk about the Eagles for hours. We literally, what did we spend? Uh, how many hours was that that we did for the draft, man? Like that was, and it's you, you yourself had to have spent like a good 12 to 14 hours live, just exhausted going through yes. seven rounds of football um, 20, and pre draft.
1: 24 hours of live draft coverage.
0: Yeah. Crazy. And, you know, I, I felt to even be a part of that was an honor and a blessing. And, you know, Prime and all of these other people that participated in that, the Reese's guy. Um, and you You brought in so many people and so many folks had a chance to participate and even further themselves. You know, I gained quite a few followers from after that because people got a chance to see me separate from the articles, but talk live and like my personality was able to come through. And I love the fact that you continue to be innovative in your approach. So, you know, 4th and Joan is a website, but talk to us a little bit about the podcast and, and some of the evolution that's come along with that podcast, because I feel like, you know, the website is sort of like a standalone, but that podcast has really branded itself and been the place that people go to, especially during football season, to talk about the birds and to reflect on what's happening during the season. And, you know, when we lose, like we did week one, to to just commiserate and misery sometimes, especially when you lose to the Washington football team like that. So talk to us about just how that podcast started. Was that always the vision, and then about its evolution?
1: We, well, me and E were on a uh, podcast prior to that, um and I, we were always saying, "I was like, yo, man, we should do our own thing." <laughs> you know, like I was like, "We could do we could do this as well." I mean, it's something that I had wanted to do, and then we came together, but. It, part of it was having a good time doing it like like i came from a place where you're analyzing football and like so i could do i could analyze if i wanted to like hardcore if i wanted to but i could also talk you know smack you know as you get older you got like you know you can't be that crazy you got to you got to tone it down uh that whole comedic side that gets i could get crack jokes you know it comes it comes with the fact that my name's Gail. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to get picked on a lot because the only thing they had was my, you're named after, you got a girl's name. Right. But when I'm telling them I'm named after Gale Sayers, kids don't, like, like who's Gale Sayers? I'm like, right. he's a Hall of Fame running back. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, I've always had to be quick-witted. I think, you know, part of, uh, you know, our podcast being, uh, you know, fun, light, but also informative um. Also having a place for people to gather online, you know, we a big part of a lot of things that we were doing was tailgating and, you know, taking care of, uh, you know, some fans and just, you know, showing up we're like, hey, you have a free, you know, have a free drink, courtesy of Bud Light, you know, uh, Conchie Baker was feeding our people for free. And we just wanted people to be have a, have a place to gather and um, and give back at the end of the day, it's. Again, it all reverts to like giving back and being part of the community, and so I think uh, you know we signed on with NBC Philly for two years, and um, we just left NBC Philly. Uh, right now, we're uh, you know on our own for this upcoming season. Uh, we've you know I, I feel like this pandemic has hit. We've had to morph what we're doing again being up on technology and trying to be creative and do something new. Uh, We've been live streaming and staying socially distant and doing the best that we can to, you know, we're usually used to shooting inside of a studio for our shows. Now we do it virtually Um, and continue to keep on pushing out content. Um, Shout out to Hollywood Hearn. Um, We're continuing to push out content. Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, Eagles football, it's being played. We're going to talk about it.
0: You're listening to the Third Lap Podcast with Mal Davis.
1: Yeah. Definitely shout out to Hollywood Hearn.
0: Um, shout outs to, you know, Chris Malley, uh, Brendan Soko, Jimmy Smith. a lot of the people, man. Yeah, yeah, Brian Brian Hill, yeah, um, Mark's Mark Drumheller, who, you know, I love because he, he does the handicapping for sports betting. And I'm not that great, but I read his stuff because, like, I'm, yeah. if I ever get into it, man, that's the person that I'm going to. Um, and so, you know, there are a lot of people that, make this possible outside of just you and Hollywood Hearn. Um, but definitely the two of you have really, like, taken it to the next level. Um, and I really enjoyed it. You know, I remember, you know, what, two years ago, calling into the show and, and giving my, you You gave me the, you gave me the nickname, uh, Malcolm Flex. And so, you know, it kind of started there, evolved. But, you know, given though you gave me, it's like, listen, Mal, give you like two, you got two minutes to, to run down a bunch of stats. And, you know, I got on boom, 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 and we ran them through. Uh, But you always continue to give me that, that platform bringing me in pre-draft to do those draft videos. And that was a whole lot of fun. But like the diverse way that you all produce content is so important because the game is evolving and changing and the way that you interact with fans has to continue to change and evolve. And you, you study this game and you, have shown that your time with MTV, but also your intellect and intelligence, independent of any you know place where you may have a nine to five, it just continues to shine through. And so, you know, we talked about how you started. We um, talked about Fourth and Joan and what really brought that to light in the podcast itself. But the Third Lap podcast wouldn't be what it is without talking about some of like the difficulties or some of the adversity that you've had to face. And so talk to us a little bit about like what has been challenging, um, you know, as you build your own independent brand, as you fight here in Philadelphia for just visibility amongst so many different, you know, blogs and publications. And even though you've been able to get that recognition, what are some of the challenges that you've had to overcome and how did you push through?
1: I think uh, one of the one of the biggest challenges is, is trying to get your your voice out there without being. You know the the word authentic has been, you know, said a million times, but for people to really understand and and get your voice, they have to gain your trust. Um, so being part of the community is where people um, gain that trust. Um, and if you speak their language, and this goes to any whatever you're you're trying to do, whatever content you're trying to produce or whatever. A community you're trying to build. If you don't have people's trust, then how do you expect people to listen to you? If you don't speak the the language of the community that you're trying to address or have conversations with, if you don't understand what drives them or what inspires them or uh, what understand what they're passionate about, how can you expect uh, to push content to people who can see right through someone who's not authentic? So, you know, just that's the biggest, I think, getting my voice heard and being part of the community. Um, You know, that's the most rewarding thing is having a platform where, you know, I don't have to have a corporation over your head telling you what you have to say uh, or put out clickbait material. Like, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Like, (laughs) <laughs> it's not like we're getting paid here or like pushing you know it's not it's it's a it's a, a community that's like sometimes i remember i was uh when i was writing for roto world there was a point where I, my, my boss is like you know you haven't you haven't put in for a paycheck in like seven months <laughs> but you're writing you're continuing to write every day right he's like what's going on over here <laughs> <laughs> it's never been about money it's, it's been about like Believing in something and like not tainting what you know. I mean, one of these days, hopefully, it becomes a money making business again. It's like to inspire other people out there to like push their content and get their podcast listened to, or like, don't stop, man. Like, uh, I got a word of advice from John barchard who uh, was with uh, Bleeding Green Nation at first, and they did their podcast. He, he told me, He's like, dude, never stop recording. And I, I took that to heart because you know it's you got you got to keep moving, you got to keep on creating, you have to keep challenging yourself. Even though if you're nervous, you have to get outside your comfort zone. Like you can't sit and be comfortable, uh, being comfortable. Like if there's if you're trying to create and trying to inspire and trying to like you gotta you gotta create action.
0: What you said about not don't stop recording. Um, and shout outs to Bleeding Green Nation too. It's so true. And I learned a lot through the way that you take action at 4th and Joan and really applied that to this podcast. Like I, I told you about the podcast, oh man, a year ago. Um, and, you know, we had like a whole 45 minute, hour long conversation literally about my dream and aspiration and this podcast. And the amount of sage advice that you gave me was imperative. To me, getting to this point in the first place, um, you were one of the first people that I told about this and you you gave me a lot of really just sound advice. Uh, and, and I took it to heart because I knew that you were somebody that A, had my best interest at heart and B, had already been doing this. So it wasn't like you were talking about something you had no experience with. And so to get to this point and when I'm shaping out the list of people that I want to speak to, your name is at the top. Because I know that not only have you helped me get to where I am, and, and you'll continue to help me, I'm sure, through this path, but also you have so much advice and, and so much just intelligence and such a, a a creative mind around creating content that it was imperative for me to get your voice on Wax outside of just your brand, but apply it to mine now. And so you know, I'm gonna piggyback some of the followers because you know I'm gonna eat off your brand a little bit too.
1: That's how it works, you know, right. like when people are like. How do you build? Like, this is how you build. Like when someone else cosigns on you, you know, your audience moves over to their audience and you intertwine and you intermingle. And that's how you the community grows. And that's how you get someone to support you. And, you know, it's through relationships.
0: And so you touched a little bit on becoming profitable. So talk to me about where Fourth and John is headed now. And you also mentioned that we don't get paid, which we don't, but we get a lot of incentive outside of just having my work published and having a steady place where I know I can have it published. I got to sit virtual courtside two games for watching the Sixers get beat to death by the Celtics. Um, you know, we there, there have been other opportunities where we've gotten things that otherwise I wouldn't have access to if it wasn't for you and this brand. And so, you know, as always, man, I'm just grateful. Um, and anyone that is in it only for the money you doing it wrong. You know, I rap for free for years and gave away my mixtapes for free for years because I knew that until I built a solid foundation of people that trusted me as an artist, I wasn't going to ever become profitable anyway. And I've applied that to pretty much everything that I do, including this podcast, which may turn profit at some point, but this is for love and, and not for profit necessarily. Um, but to be able to profit off something that you love, ultimately, I think is any artist's dream. And so as you are evolving the brand that Fourth and John and as you continue to look forward into the future how do you plan to pivot this and continue to pivot this into something that could potentially start making money for you and the rest of the team
1: now it's it's kind of like uh you you, you want to make sure that the voice uh remains pure in the community um and uh you know it it's 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 a constant Evolution, this game is. You you see like some of your, you know, Derek Gunn, who's been a big inspiration to me. He, you know, him getting let go by NBC Philadelphia. It's like, yeah. you know what I mean. Like that whole coming back to like, when you have your own brand, you could never be fired. You know what I mean. You know, I I tell people I'm like like you're the brand. Like like people that work with, Force and John. I'm like, yo, you are a brand. Like your work, your name, but what you're building, like obviously we're all working together. Like we're trying to Wu-Tang this thing together. And I'm, I'm trying to be the, the black Ray Dittinger in, <laughs> in Philadelphia or you, you, or just myself, you know, the way I'm just saying like his story as a fa- fan, writing about the Eagles and, and how he's evolved into this historian. Uh, I would love to be in my seventies sitting uh, where he's sitting, talking about the Eagles and you, you're getting paid. Uh, having the opportunity last year to finally meet him and I'm sitting in a green room and I'm like talking about pregame stuff with one of my like sports idols like in terms of Eagles uh, content creators like I'm here with Ray Dittinger like and I've always I've talked about like foreseeing things and I'm here next to a guy who's inspired me and I'm sitting on the same couch not to say that we're the same person this is where it You know, like, you pinch yourself, you're like, man, I cannot believe that I'm here. Moving forward, having a brand that people trust and um, pushing, like, really great content um, and inspiring and also giving back to the community has always been a thing that I'm always going to make sure it's part of 4th and John. Clickbait stuff, you know, you look at, you know, a lot of sites. I've I've been where they tell you, (laughs) we want you to do this kind of content so you can create numbers, like... It's never going to be something that we do. Um, but I, I want to expand, like especially in this day and age where tech is evolving and we can be in tons of places. Uh, our last live stream, our Eagles kickoff live, pregame show. you know, We had people from uh, Qatar. Uh, was it Qatar or Qatar? Yeah. Qatar, yeah. Uh, Qatar uh germany you know london australia like fans from all over the the globe just connecting i feel like in this day and age uh the community is so huge and you can be literally in someone's house uh via via their cell phone and um i I just think uh evolving with technology but also still being part of uh the people, you know, boot, uh, boots on the ground, you know, like a lot of a lot of other outlets don't want to be mingling with the, the fans uh, I, or we're fans at the end of the day. It's fan centric content that we put out there. but We also analyze the game like we were analysts as well. So I spend probably 60 hours a week just researching. So, it's, you know, being informative um, and speaking the language of the fan will always be something that fourth and john we uh, will do you're listening
0: to the third lap podcast with mal davis yeah that's dope and like you said you, you get people that are afraid are afraid to interact with the people um and, and two folks that i, I want to shout out here that aren't a part of the fourth and john brand but mike k who is another one of those people that has he's at nj.com but he interacts with folks all the time and like he and i had a conversation because i kind of said something that he misunderstood and then we had a whole conversation through the dms and we've continued to communicate um and so i always appreciate people that like you said are boots on the ground um and then fran duffy who was at temple and you and not talk a lot about fran duffy because like his story is so dope and the content that he creates is just incredible like i'm watching his video breakdowns and i'm just like wow you know that's what i aspire to get to at some point and so to see so many people that Derek Gunn, like you mentioned, who's just been idolized by so many people here in Philadelphia, and then to see him get, you know, to lose his job, but then turns around and less than a month later has already recreated a whole brand and like now has something going for himself. Yeah, it's, that's beautiful. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, um, Trey Thomas, who, you know, used to play tackle for the Eagles and, and now is breaking down film, especially offensive linemen. And so this. I can only speak for being a Philadelphia Eagles fan because I'm only a Philadelphia fan. I appreciate other teams, but when it comes to like fandom, I've read where I'm from and our community is like so gung ho and, and like committed that I feel like what you're saying right now is imperative that like you have to be in the field. You have to be on the ground with them for it to resonate because the minute that they feel like you've separated yourself you've lost, especially with 4th and John, because like, I quickly realized like, yo, it's popping over here. Like, I tell you that all the time, like, yo, we popping. And I love what you say about the Wu-Tang. You know, I'm hoping to be like the, the, the or the Rayquan or the, or, the, or the Wu-Tang group here at, at 4th and John, because, you know, it's true. It's so many different personalities, so many different people that have come together to create this and to work together. Um, and, but separately are really strong independently in and of themselves. And You know, you got to be a RZA like yourself to be able to corral all these different people under one brand, but also give them the leeway to be themselves and be independent. Even through the pandemic, this has not faltered. You know, you made a really strong pivot towards technology and realized how important it was to create diverse amounts of content for people to consume all around the world and are now reaping the benefits, which is dope. And so, you know, you talked about How you started humble beginnings what got you to where you are eventually where you like this to go what keeps you pushing like what's your motivation like what's your why behind all of this
1: i think my why has always been to like you know again just being a student and learning and evolving um i think uh being creative has always been an outlet of mine since i was a kid like in your 40s like now I'm customizing sneakers like I've been wanting to do that my whole entire life, but not knowing how to do it. But due to being, you know, I was, I was like looking for Eagles sneakers to match. I was like, yo, like you can, if you can't make it, I'm gonna make it myself. And that that idea of like no one's making it. You make it yourself. I mean, like I, you can use that avenue for anything, like always looking for ways around things to actually do it for yourself. man. Like um, and learning like sitting here learning about breaking down paint and like <laughs> I'm, I'm like what am I doing right now but I it's so fun and creative that it's another outlet like for me to just um, dip into but um, it's it's always just the ability to learn new things has always pushed me um, you know giving back whether it's blessing someone with a pair of uh, kicks and being like you know seeing somebody like yeah they're wearing your art or whatever or just like Helping somebody with a new experience. I gave two fans uh, playoff tickets to the Seahawks game. And they had no idea that they were going to a game. Man, watching their face light up. Knowing that they're going to their first Eagles game ever. And But it's the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, it was a terrible watch the Carson Wentz go down. But, but it's just like I was blessed with tickets that day. It's always about blessing the next person. You know what I mean? Like creating other opportunities for other people is always that inspires me like to do better. Like so I can give back. I mean, giving back is always what really at the end of the day kind of inspires me. But also just like, you know, community. Like some people may frown upon social media and making friends online and like whatever it is the case that they don't get it or understand it. Some people do get it and some people have these. I would have never met you if it wasn't for Twitter. You you know what I mean? There's always ways to meet people. There I've talked to many people during this pandemic who feel alone or feel like they're not a part of something or they don't understand how to like find their tribe or find that community. Uh, You can you can do that online, and you these these relationships don't have to end online. A couple has gotten married that has went to a couple of our tailgates one there regulars at our tailgate they they met at our tailgate and they got married this year so it's like that's amazing like you never know um what kind of things will come out of uh you know your hard work um and just these little things like that's what makes my day like you know like these little relationships you build and the stories and i think the stories that you continue to create like when people talk about opportunities opportunities you create opportunities by your action um and people forget that it's, it's a domino effect once you create things it creates other avenues for other things that happen so you know if that's one thing i could tell people keep on keep creating and keep on creating opportunities for yourself
0: yeah like you said it's a ripple effect domino effect you know um, and even in relationship building, that's amazing. Congratulations to that couple that met at the uh, at the tailgates and continue to evolve that relationship. An the ongoing theme really through the first three episodes now into so the fourth one of the Third Lap podcast is around social media and how we found ways to interact with people that we don't even know and like strangers support us in ways that even people that we know and love don't um, because that's what the brand is. And like, that's sort of what you're creating. And so talk a little also about the sneakers because that really evolved over time. And it's been dope seeing you tap into that market, um, and even generating revenue off it. Right. Like, you know, you're not kicking people's sneakers for free all the time. And so, you know, talk about like what that's been like, and, and it really seems to apply back to what you were saying about always constantly learning and growing.
1: Um, and it's, it's to the point where like I got to figure out if I'm going to turn this into a something um yeah uh but it's like you know it's just challenging yourself it's weird to be like oh it's sneakers but it it is kind of art it's art form but it's like uh you know just it's it's just fun way like back in the day when you used to color you're just like yeah, coloring the lines it's fun um i always wanted my own sneaker when i was a kid i used to draw sneakers all the time so um i looked into shoe, building my own shoe models back in the day when I was uh probably like fifteen, fifteen years ago, I was like, maybe I'll just create my own shoe line i made I met a couple of people who had their own shoe lines back in the day and got to like talk to like sneaker heads that are in the industry who inspired me again, like i I could use the the shoe as like a uh, it's it's almost like I see a shoe, but I'm gonna make it my own i see I see Philadelphia sports. I'm gonna make it my own, you know. Like it's about adapting it to your own style, but like making it your own at the end of the day. So, like I, I could see something like, you know what, I'm not gonna spend five hundred dollars on that. I'm actually gonna make my own and uh, flip it in my own way and style. So,
0: this we're getting to the tail end of this. If people listen to this episode and only catch one thing, like, what's one motivational thing that you want to tell folks that've tuned in today?
1: I think uh, to tap into your you know, your, your passion. Um, I think it's important to be passionate about something. It doesn't cost money. Finding something that you're excited about, something that drives you. I think that's one of the most important things people could, can do. Never stop trying things. Don't give up on certain things. I don't care what you're passionate about. It could be something. Um, but you know, if, if that's what makes you get up in in the morning and be, So excited to to talk about read about uh, whether it's if you're working on cars, if you're knitting, if you're cooking, everybody has their own talent or passion or creative side or whatever it is. If you're great at numbers, you're you're an accountant. Um, If you're someone who could fix some of these credits, (laughs) if you could, if if you're a real estate person, you are your own expert. You can teach somebody something. So, I feel like, you know, being a student of the game, teaching your craft to people, building your community, uh, giving back. I'm into everything. <laughs> so, when people are like, What do you do? I do, I was like, I do everything.
0: That's dope, brother. And so, what are you reading or, or what have you read? You gave me a great book suggestion, and, and we talked about it a little bit before we came on. But, what are some of the books that you've read or come across or has suggested to you that have really helped you take it to the next level?
1: I think, uh, Turning Pro, uh, a book by uh, Steven Pressfield. Um, he also, I also recommend that book, uh, Do the Work. But Turning Pro, it's like a coming to age, uh, you know, when you look yourself in the eye and, and kind of realize that you're a pro. Like, what what do pros do? Like, whatever you're trying to do, you do it professionally. I mean, because professionals know what's amateur. They know the difference between an amateur and a professional. So it's not just the action that what you're doing, but it's also a mindset. So I feel like people have to get over the fact that I'm an, I just started this. I'm an amateur. I don't know, like it's, but learning your craft is learning your craft. It's becoming, it's, it's a part of becoming who you are. Like, and 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 just kind of like, you know, you tap into you know, turning pro is tapping into your inner power and creating your life's work. That book cover alone, I looked at, it, I was like, man, this is how do I get to the next level? And, I, and it's a book that I, I I recommend to a lot of friends that I meet just because it, it, it meant so much to me and helped me grow as a person. And, you know, if you check Stephen Pressfield out, he's got a lot of uh, uh, books out there. He, he has the, uh, the War of Art as well. Uh, but I just think that the whole mindset, you know, doing the work, turning pro, um, for anyone who's out there trying to create a brand, create content, once you begin to look at yourself as a professional, it shifts, everything shifts, you know, because people tend to like, like to shoot themselves in the foot and look at themselves as, as not a, uh, a professional, I'm just like, I just do this, I, I think uh, having that mindset is essential to, to grow.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate you for suggesting uh, turn it pro and do the work. It changed my whole perspective on everything. And like I said, you know, before we got on, it hit me between the eyes. Right. Like it addressed that amateurish mentality and gave you very logical and legitimate steps on how to turn pro and really turning pro is taking yourself serious. Right. Like, you know, you said doing the work um, is literally doing the work. And you know we spend a lot, we spend a lot of time not trying to do the work and having these shadow careers and have and doing these things that don't really reward us in a meaningful way. And we spend some people spend their entire lives doing it. And you know I love what you said about naming all those different walks of life. Right? Like you don't have to be an artist. Your art can be real estate. Your art can be math and numbers. Your art can be you know writing nonfiction. You know as a journalist maybe. There are so many places where people can apply the knowledge that you've provided today and also do the work to get to where they're trying to go. And, you know, within the book, it's, it's it was very straightforward about the fact that a lot of times we don't do the work because we're afraid of we're afraid, like we're afraid of making it and being successful. And you know, it's so funny how many people are afraid of success and like, I can share in that. As a rapper, I was I was petrified of becoming successful because then all of a sudden there's these expectations attached to you and your work. And you know, that's where I feel like so many people fall short. And so those two books that you mentioned, that author in general are incredible, um, really life changing for me. And so, Gail, we're we're now at the tail end. I really appreciate you again coming on the show. Where can people find you on social media? As always, I say it'll be posted with the actual podcast episode when it launches. But where can people find you on social media if they want to continue to follow you on 4th and John?
1: Uh, you can find us on all the socials at 4th. That's uh, 4th and John on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Twitter, um, you can find me at Eagle Sessions on Twitter. Uh, that's, I spend a lot of my time on Twitter trying to catch the breaking news um, on IG. I'm at Gale, G-A-Y-L-E, and then another E, Saunders. So it's not actually Gay Lee Saunders. It's Gale E. Saunders. Um, but uh, that's pretty much. Uh, and if you want to check out all our content, Shout out to uh, the Fourth and John writers, um, and you as well, Mal. At fourthandjohn.com, a lot of Eagles content uh, is provided there by all of us. And what else? I think that's I think that's pretty much it.
0: Gail is a dope person to follow, especially on Twitter, um, but catch him on IG too. Like you said, shout outs to the whole Fourth and John gang, um, all of the writers, all the staff members, all the people that make it possible for us to have this platform you know I personally appreciate every last one of you Gail I really appreciate you this was such a a great opportunity for me to kind of flip this around because you usually are giving me the platform to speak and so it's been uh, a great pleasure for me to give you a platform to talk about just your experiences and who you are and what you believe in and what has helped you get to this point you have shared so many of these jewels with me throughout the past several years and so I'm so happy That I now get to record it and release it to people that I know and like, you know, younger people behind me that I'm telling like, listen, Gail is that dude. Like now they'll understand why I'm always saying that you're that dude, man. So, you know, as always, I appreciate you. Um, You know, each one teach one. We all learn together. This has been an incredible episode. I can't wait for us to continue to work together in the future. Um, Any last words before we sign out?
1: Um, at the end of the day, man, I, I feel like it's, you know, at during this, these times that just checking with your peoples, man, a lot of people are, are going through things that they w- will not tell you about. Sometimes you have to ask and be proactive, uh, but checking in on your family, um, and realizing that each day is uh, not promised. You know, you just living each day to the fullest, whether that is letting your loved ones know that they're love, uh, you know, just stopping and smelling the roses, uh you know just doing things like when you if you wake up a, today and you feel like you need to do something just do it uh and and just uh you know just stay inspired man um and keep it moving
0: yeah check in with your people man your mental health is a real thing especially in a pandemic it, it intensifies is. that even more you and i have talked extensively through this pandemic, um, just to kind of keep each other sane, especially when you was out there by yourself, bro. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> I, I had my wife, you know, I saw my pops every week, so that was helpful. Um, I don't know how people have been doing this by themselves, but checking on your people, like Sharif said in episode one, every day is a Wednesday. Every day is a day to win. You know, win today and keep winning days, and, and you'll be amazed at how it all changes itself together and really changes your life. So, Gail, again, thank you so much, my brother. Um, This is episode four of The Third Lap Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Third Lap Podcast. This is your host, Mal Davis. Please visit thethirdlappodcast.com for more information about the podcast, about our guests, and also to see our reading list. You can find us at the third lap podcast on linkedin and facebook at third lap on twitter and at third underscore lap underscore podcast on instagram if you know anyone that would be great to be featured on this show please reach out to our host mal davis he's always looking for interesting people to learn more about them and to talk about their pathway thank you so much again have a good one